0: Bye. Link. I'm Chantel Chan joined alongside Akeem Haynes, episode number 38. We've got a very big show for you today. If you're a fight fan, this is definitely the show for you. But before we start off, we just want to say thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you've been sharing it, liking the videos that we've been posting, we appreciate you so much. And if you want to continue to support the show and you haven't clicked that subscribe button yet, make sure you do. You can also follow us on Twitter and IG. You'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with with us And yeah, thank you so much for rocking with us. And uh, yeah, if you also want to rate and review the podcast, you can do that on any of the platforms that you find your podcasts on. So obviously came a lot to get to big fight weekend coming up. But I think we got to start off with the hardwood because the NBA finals is officially set. And yes, the Golden State Warriors heading back to the NBA finals, and they'll be meeting a Boston Celtics team right now that really peaked during the season. So I mean, Let's just get right into it. Let's give your predictions for the NBA finals.
1: You know, Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge look like geniuses now, right? Especially how people were saying, why is Stevens leaving and going up to be a manager and this and that, but now it looks like a good plan, but also, um, and you mentioned to this when we first started maybe episode three or four, where you said, what, why would you break up Brown and Tatum yet? And that is raining to be true because they are a dynamic duo together. Now, as I've said in the show many times, when it comes to high pressure situations and moments like that, I always lean towards experience. You have Steph, Clay, Draymond with the addition of Wiggins, Pool coming up. Um, I am going to go with the Warriors winning this one, Chantel. Um, I don't think it's going to go seven games. I think it's a good chance it'll go six games and I have the Warriors squeaking it out four and two. I think they know that this could possibly Every team that makes it to the finals knows how hard it is to get back there. We saw what the Miami Heat just did. But I think with experience, I think how well the Warriors are playing, I think the mindset and the mentality that they have and what they are going to be able to create and can be for this for this era and for this decade, I think they have a lot more to lose. Um, while I think the Boston Celtics, if they can keep the score together, they'll be able to come back to it. But I have the Warriors winning this series 4-2. And finals MVP, Chantel? It's hard not to it's hard not to think that Steph Curry won't get finals MVP. I think I think we're going to see that shooting display uh, to another uh, level, but I think Draymond is going to play a big factor I think, I think Draymond can end up close to a triple double this series he's going to play a big role in this and I think he's going to have to play Tatum. 85 90% of the time and just hope that they can contain him enough where he doesn't snap and go for 40, 50 points. But I have the Warriors winning. I think it's going to go 4 two and my finals MVP is going to be Steph Curry. uh, And they become the dynasty that we've been talking about. What about you? How do you think this is going to go?
0: Um, You know what? It's actually quite similar to what you just said. I have the Warriors winning this one in six games. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you know, I, I think this is already a dynasty. I think it's one of the best dynasties actually that we've seen in this era if I'm being quite honest with you, we've seen these three guys in, you know, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. They were actually drafted to the Warriors, you know, and of course we saw a few years where KD was there and they were able to win multiple championships, but this is the season where I think the Warriors... They looked really good early on, had to obviously deal with some injuries. Clay Thompson coming back from having not played pretty much two years since that 2019 season when they lost in the finals against the Toronto Raptors. And it's kind of nice to see Clay obviously get an opportunity. We saw him in that final game as the Warriors, you know, separated themselves and headed back to the finals. We kind of saw the Clay Thompson that we were kind of used to seeing and him go off. So The fact that we're seeing clay give up that type of production to the warriors. And we know that Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. He's been dealing with injuries as well, but Draymond green is that key piece where he does things that actually doesn't even show up on the stat sheet. And he's going to be a very key player in this team for a long time. And he has been, but especially in this series to be quite honest Mm -hmm. with you. And then you look at the Boston Celtics and the thing about it is I actually think the Boston Celtics are, an all-around better team than the Warriors. And I'm not just Mm. talking, you know, when it comes to talent, obviously, like, they got Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But when you actually think about how the Boston Celtics play, they play great defensively. They got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those guys can combine for over 45 points a game. And you know that each of them could probably even go for 35 or 40 if they wanted to, and if they had the opportunity to. The Warriors don't play the best defense, obviously, though they've been able to kind of get a little bit better in the playoffs. And the one thing that I noticed about the Warriors is their turnover ratio. They started off really bad. One of the worst teams in the league, turnover the ball a lot, and they really cleaned up things in the Western conference finals. And you look at Boston, one of the best defenses in the entire league, and then you add their offensive firepower. I think it will obviously just come down to experience. As you said, the Warriors have the experience. This is the first dance that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown actually have in the NBA finals, and it's going to be new to them. It's going to be a brand new experience, whereas the Warriors have been there before, even when you look at Steve Kerr on the coaching side. And I think the Warriors are going to get it done in six, which means they'll be winning game six in Boston. Um, And the Warriors for, you know, this season, they've really liked to go home to the Bay and win it. You know, if it wasn't due to the experience, I'd probably take and the fact that they do have Steph and a clay I would probably take the Celtics that I think they're the all around better team and the way they play defense, but just leaning on the experience, the fact that Steph and them have been there before I got a role with the Warriors to win this one in six games, Steph clay and Draymond get their fourth rings. And yeah, I think they've already solidified themselves as a dynasty, but this one putting it, pretty much just solidifying it even more that these guys have been able to do that in this era where, you know, there's been so many great players and so many great teams. So Point Blank would love to know What your predictions are for the NBA Finals, you can let us know in the comments section below on YouTube, or you can also hit us up on IG and Twitter on IG. Our handle is at the Point Blank Pod and on Twitter at Point Blank Pod. We love to hear from you, so make sure to leave some comments below. Akeem, we're going to move over from the hardwood quickly over to the boxing ring because huge fight this past weekend. Of course, we saw it kind of... A little bit in social media because it was entertaining. The whole thing was entertaining leading up to the fight. I'm talking about Javante Tank Davis and Rolando Rolly Romero. What were your thoughts on this fight? And also with Tank winning, is he the best at 135? Uh,
1: this, this fight was... I knew it would be by knockout, as many of us did. I don't think anybody expected this fight to go the distance. If you If you did... You know, uh, you must have got something that we didn't all get. But when I look at this fight, Chantel, I look up on the makeups of the psychological standpoint leading up to it. You know, especially my background being in high performance sport, um, the 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 easy part is the fight. The hard part is everything leading up to the fight. That means the distractions. That means the uh, things that you didn't equate for that come up into play, and. I like the way how Tank handled himself during the whole entirety of leading up to the fight, right? A lot of people that I was reading was saying, oh man, you know, Roley's getting under Tank's skin and this and that. And I'm sure at the beginning it did. But as I said before, with experience, right, this is Roley's first big fight on a big stage, the headliner at this capacity. You can talk all of the talk that you want to talk. Nothing wrong with that. He's trying to sell the fight. I actually think he's a decent person. I think away from the, the, the limelights and people watching that he's probably a guy you can you know talk to. Like I see cats like this all the time. Right. They they behind closed doors. They're they're quiet. They don't say much. They can talk to them. But when the lights are on, he's just trying to sell the fight. But going back into it, when you look at Tank's past compared to where he is now, the moment Roly opened his mouth, 21, 22 year old Tank would have punched him in the face. Doesn't matter where it was. But you see his maturity of the fact that, look, we're going to fight anyway. Let's just get there. And I thought how they both entered the fight, I was really surprised by the both of them. Roly was talking about, I'm going to knock you out in the first round. It's going to be over in like a minute, minute a half. But he was actually a lot more composed as the fight was going on. He used his jab quite a bit. But a lot of the shots, until while Roly was less emotional, it was the same Roly. Same mistake, same lunging. Same, same footwork that he hasn't developed as well just yet. Very stiff, he's shuffling, he's not fluid, he's not cutting off the angles, he's trying to be a bully. But when you're trying to bully a, a, a boxer who is a lot smarter than, than most people give Tank credit for, it just doesn't work when he's always a step ahead of you. And so for me, I thought it was a good performance. Um, we expected that from Tank, but what I liked about Tank was his mindset prior to the fight and how we handle it moving forward. And that's a good sign because it leads to who is the best at 135. I think I don't think we can all have a speculation and opinion about it yet, but we just don't know. We know he's in the top five, but now we're getting to see some of the best in the division fighting some of the best in the division, right? Cambosis and uh, Devin Haney's we're talking about next. Okay, one is going to win, one is going to lose. One is going to move up and be on the pedestal and be undisputed. And the other is going to fall. And another one is going to come up. I think Tank is top three. It's hard to say who is the best until the best fight the best so we can settle the score. Right. But I think he is top three in that division. And I hope with the winner of this one, which is a little bit tricky, depending on who wins, which we'll get into after. But I like the direction Tank is moving in forward from a mental standpoint. Is he the best? I don't think we can say that just yet, in my opinion. What were your thoughts on this fight?
0: Well, before I get into it, like, who do you think he would have to fight the winner of Cambosis and Devin Haiti to solidify if he's the best or not? Or is there someone else on that list at 135?
1: You, You know, the other thing is like, you know, people like to say, man, like, you know, Tank hasn't fought anybody. But you can't really say that if he's moved up divisions to fight people, moved up to fight bigger person. And he has names on his list just because it's not the names that a lot of fans wanted to see doesn't mean he doesn't have anybody on that list. And that's one of the things that, from, from my experience, when it comes to professional sport, you're going to race the top guys regardless at some point. And you race a bunch of people who are Olympians, who are world champions, and you beat them. And then people will say, oh, you didn't race Bolt, You didn't race a galley. You didn't have a power. But it's like, yo, we can't discredit the people who we put in the ring against. You can only fight the people who you're against. Um, I think I would love to see the four, as they say, Haney, uh, Ryan Garcia and uh cambosis i would love to see them go at it and you got to put loma in there but we don't know what what loma situation is but those five need to fight each other and i don't think uh if cambosis wins there will be no rematch um i don't see him giving him another rematch so he will go somebody else maybe it's tank maybe it's loma but i think those five need to fight each other at some point for us to truly say this is number one in my opinion what about you
0: Man, I thought Roley performed better than I thought, to be quite honest with you. I had him getting knocked out in between the fourth and sixth round, and he got knocked out in the sixth round. But before then, I thought Roley actually looked pretty decent because I even thought Javante Tank Davis was going to, you know, put a little bit of pressure on him a little bit before. But it kind of just shows you how smart of a fighter that Javante Tank Davis is. I don't think a lot of people give him credit for it at all, like you kind of mentioned, because he pretty much like reeled in Roley and then boom, got the exact punch that he wanted and knocked him out. And he that's what he was kind of waiting for. It was very mm-hmm. tactical of Tank that I thought. And once again, I thought he showed off that, hey, you know what? I can be a very tactical fighter and I am skilled. But I do think that Roly actually landed some big shots on Tank. Like it didn't stun him you know, it didn't really cause Tank any problems, but I was actually impressed with how Roley fought within those six rounds. Of course, there's some flaws in the way that he fights, but the fact that he was able to stand in that ring, when you think about it, he's only had 14 professional fights leading up to that bout against Tank. So I thought he was quite impressive because he's only been boxing like, we heard Tank saying it since he was like 17. So for him to be in that ring with Tank and Lance some big shots, get him onto the ropes, he wasn't able to like really, really cut off the ring. But I think you got to give Roly some props there because we knew that he was going to get knocked out. Like we knew this was eventually going to happen. But the fact that he was able to stand in there with him for six rounds and, you know, also take some big shots too. Like Roley took some big shots too from Tank. So I thought it was pretty impressive. And shout out to Roly because, you know, he really sold this fight. Whether you like him or not, I love that he came up to purple rain. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I thought it was wavy. I thought it was, I just thought it was cool. So as much as a lot of people don't like Roly's antics, I like, I enjoy them. And I thought they did a really good at selling that fight. And I think the fight ended how everyone thought it was going to end with tank getting that knockout. And he likes to do it in the sixth round. <laughs> and, um, you know, the way he reeled him in just showed us again how tank needs to be taken a little bit more seriously do i think he's the best at 135 i think right now he is i mean if you think about his performances i can't sit here and say that bud crawford is number 1 pound for pound and not say that tank is because of who tank has fought like that, that that's just the truth of it because if you actually listen to what i've said on this podcast i put But above Spence for pound for pound, of course, they're going to fight and they're going to, you know, answer all of those questions. But everyone says, oh, Spence has all these names on his resume. You know what I'm saying? And Bud does it. And I'm like, well, Bud's knocking out dudes like everyone that he fights. He's knocking out. And that's kind of like the same thing that I feel about Tank. However, When it comes to his resume, he fought Leo Santa Cruz, who is a former champ. Like, I don't think people should sleep on Leo Santa Cruz, right? Like he is a guy that can really box, but he fought him at 130. He moved up fought Mario Barrios, who's also a champ, right? At 140. Um, so I think Tank does have some names, but when it comes to fighting guys at 135, it's been a little bit choosy, but you know how that that's how boxing is. I don't think tanks. Running or ducking anybody, to be quite honest with you. And I do want to see Tank fight Loma. And the thing about it is, I think Loma could beat Tank. Like if I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think Loma could beat Tank. I think Loma beats anybody in this division. And when you look at Teofimo Lopez in that fight, like we didn't get the Loma that we were used to seeing. But Teofimo Lopez put on a good fight. A lot of people even said that it was really, really close. But I, I gave Teo the the last round for that one. But most importantly, like, you know, Loma was injured in that fight, but I think Loma Loma beats Tank. I think Loma beats Cambosas, and I think Loma Loma beats Haney, to be quite honest with you. But we're not gonna actually get to see that because he's gonna be obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We don't actually know when we're gonna be seeing Lomachenko back in the ring. Is he gonna have like a two-year delay where he's back? Because that changes everything. And he might not be the same boxer after that. So it's it's unfortunate that we probably won't get to see the best fight the best. But I think Tank beats Ryan Garcia. Like, I don't see it going any differently. Like, I don't know. I understand Ryan Garcia is extremely talented. He has skill. He has power. But he hasn't been in this ring with guys that Tank has and the way Tank has won those fights. So when it comes to it, I would say right now, it's hard for me to disagree that he isn't the best. And of course, George Cambosas has all the belts right now. Well, a lot of them. And Devin Haney has the other one. But when you think about it, like I think Cambosas is trying to hold on to those belts as much as he can, (laughs) I think he's buying his time, you know, and we're going to get right into that. But of course, point blank, would love to know your thoughts on this fight. Gervonta tank Davis. And of course, Rolando Rolly Romero. Let us know your thoughts in the YouTube section below. You can also hit us up on Twitter and IG, and you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us.
1: Devin Haney, George Cambosas become undisputed. One is going to win. The other is going to fall. Chantel, what are your thoughts on this one? Who do you have winning?
0: Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit. You know, George Cambosa's, I don't think anyone really thought that he was going to stun Teofimo Lopez in that fight. But when you think about everything Teofimo Lopez was going through mentally, it wasn't the same Teal that we were used to seeing. And George Cambosa's, he showed his skill set, right? He moved around the ring really well. He threw nice combos. He had a really good game plan that he stuck to. And Teofimo Lopez had the worst game plan. He just came in there, didn't take his opponent seriously. And well, look what happened. I think he got dropped in that first round, if I remember. Mm-hmm. And he it was just he was just looking for the knockout. And Cambosa stuck to his game plan. He also showed that I think a lot of people sleep on George Cambosa's being an accurate puncher because he is quite accurate. I also think he punches hard enough where Devin Haney will respect his power I don't think he's like this like knockout artist or anything but I think when it comes from the two between George Cambosa's and Devin Haney I would give the slight edge to George Cambosas junior just on the eye test of who has power now stylistically these guys are two different fighters right Haney this is a really important fight for him because a lot of people have said in the past that Well, you know what? I feel like a lot of people haven't wanted to fight Devin Haney. And because when you look at his style, he's really defensive. He kind of reminds you a little bit of Floyd Money Mayweather, especially when it comes to that shoulder roll D. When you think about the young guys in boxing right now, I think it's like Shakur Steven and Devin Haney. And they have this skill set where defensively they are just extremely talented. And if you want to see boxers box and you love the sport of it, then you're going to love watching these guys. Do I think this fight is going to be extremely entertaining? Like, no, like, I think it's going to be a good fight. I'm going to enjoy it because that's the type of boxing that I like. But to a casual fan, this fight might not be as exciting as other fights that you might see to be. It's not going to be like, you know, furry and wilder three. It's it's not going to be anything like that because Devin Haney you know, he's a very skilled boxer, man. He has a very high IQ. He has a really good jab. He moves around the ring really well. And defensively, he is elite. Um, he's a great body puncher and he has immaculate timing. He's very tactical. I think the biggest story coming into this one though, for Devin Haney is he's going to be put on a huge platform, right? When you think about kind of the logistics of this fight. George Cambosas Jr. came from Australia, fought Teofimo Lopez in his backyard in New York. And when you look at this fight, Devin Haney has left the United States and is going down south, um, down under, as some would like to call it, to Australia to fight George Cambosas Jr. And he's doing it without someone that he is very close with, his dad. Mentally, I think it's going to show how tough Devin Haney is. There's a lot of factors that actually go into this bout. And I think Devin Haney, not having his dad there in his corner, a voice that he is so used to hearing for his whole entire career, ever since that he's been boxing in the amateurs, like his dad has been there. This is Devin Haney's biggest fight in his career. He's also going to be put on a platform where it is a pay-per-view event. It is for undisputed, right? Some people say that Devin Haney has pillow fists and he got his uh, strap emailed to him because we all know how he got his strap, right? But I think this is a huge chance for Devin Haney to really make a name for himself in this division, because everyone talks about Ryan Garcia, who has this huge social media following, Tank, you know, the knockout artist. Some people think he's like baby Mike Tyson, even Teofimo Lopez before he dealt with some stuff mentally, like he was really put on this platform and elevated in this division to be like maybe next up you know, a guy we should check for, but Devin Haney, I feel like has gone a little bit under the radar. If you're a boxing fan, you love Devin Haney and you love the way he boxes, but he hasn't really got those fights. I mean, he fought Lenares. I thought he did good against Lenares, but I think this is a huge chance for Devin Haney to really solidify himself in this division. If he wins this fight. And I think he will. So for my prediction, I think Devin Haney wins by unanimous decision. I think this fight, he's going to show his skill defensively, Cambosas is going to have a hard time touching him. I think Cambosas will land a, good, a few good shots on Haney, though, and he, he will try to close gap. But all around, I think Haney is just the better boxer. I think he has more skill. So I'm definitely going to be taking Devin Haney by unanimous decision. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I think he makes a name for himself in Australia on pay-per-view. And I think after this fight, we'll be talking about Devin Haney a lot more than we have. What about you, Akeem? Who do you have winning this fight and how?
1: You know, this is one of the things that we talked about after uh, George Campbells has won the title. We said, OK, he's got the title. Right. But is he really the champion? Now, when we said that, I don't mean to be ignorant or make it sound like it's a negative thing. I just I've seen a lot of people who win one time and lose the next fight. Right. And they have a great night, a fantastic night. But does it make you a champion? right? And this is the question that George Cambos is going to have to defend. He's talking, he's talking heavy. He's been talking a lot of talk since he got the title. Now he's talking about he's the emperor and this and that. And I'm just like, bro, you're talking way too much You sign the contract and make this happen if you feel like you are ahead of all of these guys. So there's a lot of questions for me that I have about George Is I don't question his heart. The man is tough. He's mentally sharp. He's mentally in this fight. There's a lot of delays in the teofimo lopez fight and he stuck the core stayed the core stayed towards his plan both physically and mentally and he got the win right he's a lot quicker than most people think his his his, his hand speed is a lot quicker than i actually thought that it was because the knockdown that he did to teofimo it was like a flash shot it was so quick teofimo didn't even see it coming right so his hand speed is good he has really good footwork um he has a better pop than haney as you said as well too but he has his hands full. He's the fate. I don't. I don't even think he's the favorite. I think it probably leans towards Haney. But the thing is, when you're at home, you have that extra energy. You have that extra confidence because you're at home. You're coming to your people, and he is definitely going to have that to his advantage. Plus, I don't know what the refing situation is. I heard that they're getting international refs and not refs from his parts. But again, you know, you can slide a couple of boxing people. Boxing referees, a couple thousand dollars, and you can shift the momentum a little bit. Not saying that's going to happen, but I've seen seen a lot of things happen. Are you
0: saying that happens? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, hey, uh, a little birdie once whispered that to me. Um, But Chantel, we're going to go back a little bit to Devin Haney, how he's coming over here, right? His dad can't come. I think his second lead trainer can't come, but the third one can come. But the two main people, his dad, and I forgot his other trainer's name, I remember Chantel 2016, um, my track and field coach didn't actually come to the 100 meter trials. And I remember when he told me he wasn't coming and I was sharing it with my massage therapist and a couple other people, they're just like, yo, bro, like, that's a tough feat. Like your coach isn't coming, like what's, you know, who's gonna help you do this and that? And I was like, what do you mean who's gonna help me do this and that? I'm here, (laughs) (laughs) he is a good eye, he's a guide, right? And I'm sure uh, uh, Devin Haney would love to have his father, there. that's his trainer, right? That's familiar territory, right? I saw the embrace. I saw the embrace Devin Haney senior gave to his son. It was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a nice embrace, right? And I love to see that. But Devin Haney is going to be Devin Haney, regardless of who is there or not, because when you're at an elite level like that, the show must go on, even if you're in camp, your dad, your trainer, whoever is not in the ring with you. You have to be in the ring. You have to be smart enough to make the adjustments, right? He agreed to every single thing that George Cambosa said. That right there is a confidence to me. It's saying, bro, I don't care what you want to do. I'm coming to get this title. And I think that is the mindset and the mind frame that Devin Haney is going into. There are going to be two to three, sometimes five good moments in this fight where if George Cambosis can get Haney, because Devin Haney always in all of his fights, there are a couple moments where he leaves himself susceptible to getting popped and to getting, whether he just lets his guard down a little bit. And George Cambosis has to be able to capitalize on those moments when he lets his guard down because Devin Haney doesn't really let his guard down, but he does during a select moments throughout the fight. and. George Cambosis, he's going to have to apply the pressure because, you know, Devin Haney, people say he's boring, but the science of boxing is beautiful if you understand it as you do and we do, right? And many others do as well too. If he is not going to apply the pressure and take risks, Devin Haney is going to counter you and jab you all around the ring for 12 rounds and you're going to lose your title wondering, should I have done more? You got to do more because Devin Haney is going to fight Devin Haney's fight. And for that, I have Devin Haney winning this one. Devin Haney's ready to become champion. Uh, This is a lifetime of an opportunity and Devin Haney is gonna do Devin Haney things. It's just as George Cambosis Jr. gonna take the risk and be the emperor that he believes he is. Emperors take risks. Achilles, one example. But point blank, would love to know what are your thoughts on this fight? How do you have it going? Who do you have winning? Let us know in the YouTube comment section below. Chantel, we got to go over staying in the ring, but another fight. Someone who you've been big on, Stephen Coolboy, Steph Fulton versus uh, Daniel Roman. What are your thoughts on this one? How do you have it going?
0: I'm super pumped for this one. It's for the WBO, WBC junior featherweight straps. And like you said, I'm a big fan of Cool Boy Steph. When we talk about pound for pound, like you want to put some dude on a list. This guy, Cool Boy Steph, I, I think a lot of people are actually sleeping on him a little bit. But Daniel Roman, he likes to fight on the inside a lot. He's a brawler. He's a good puncher. He has a really high work rate. And you know, when we we're talking about power and stuff, like when you look at their records, I think between him and Cool Boy Steph, I think. Roman probably has like the power edge. I know if you look at him, like his record, you're like, no, there's no way. But like, I'm just talking like eye test. You know what I mean? Like as a boxing fan, I'm taking a look at the eye test. I'm like, yeah, he definitely has a little bit more power than cool boy Steph, but um, you know, just based off that, but he, I think this is going to be a really, really tough fight for cool boy Steph. Right. Because when you think about Fulton, like, he has an extremely high IQ. He's really good defensively. His head movement is ridiculous. Um, I love his footwork. And I love the way that he's like super smooth with his dips and pivots. Like defensively, Cool Boy Steph has the edge over Roman. And then Steph, Cool Boy Steph really knows how to use his ankles. Like when you actually watch him fight, we talked about the sweet signs. You mentioned it like the way he fights is actually beautiful. Like I love watching this guy fight. Um, He has really good speed. He throws some really nice combos. He's a volume puncher. And I think this one is going to show high work rate because, you know, Daniel Ramon has a high ro- work rate as well. So I think we're going to see like over a thousand punches in this one. It's <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're This one is going to be like, we're going to definitely see it over a thousand punches in this one. And it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a back and forth fight, but I think this is going to be a really, really tough test for cool boy Steph. Um, in his last fight against Brandon Figueroa, some people had Brandon Figueroa winning that fight. Personally, I thought cool boy Steph did enough. And I thought he landed maybe like the, the bigger shots that maybe the judges saw And that's the thing. Like you never know how judges are kind of scoring things, but personally, I thought that he had the bigger moments in the fight and he won that fight against um, Brad Figueroa. And I think, you know, when you look at Stephen Fulton, you also really got to know that, you know, he is an accurate puncher. Um, overall, he's just the better boxer over Daniel Ramon, right? He has a really high IQ and I think he's going to show that, you know, what? he will actually, he already showed against Brandon Figueroa that he can bang on the inside. Like he showed that if you were doubting the fact that cool boy Steph, if you could bang on the inside, like he showed that against Brandon Figueroa. And I think Daniel Ramon is going to want to fight on the inside, but I think that Cool Boy Steph is going to make adjustments because that's what he did in that fight against Brandon Figueroa. Like, he was able to make the adjustments to win that bout. And I think this one is going to be extremely entertaining. It's going to be a lot of volume. So you're going to see a lot of jabs thrown. By the way, Cool Boy Steph, really nice jab as well. So I got to go with Fulton to win by decision. I think it's actually going to be a pretty close fight. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's like a split decision, to be honest with you. But I think... Cool boy Steph is good enough where he gets he gets the win by unanimous decision. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on this bout?
1: Yeah, you know, when I think about Cool Boy Steph, I think about, as you said, technician, right? He's not gonna wow you with with Man's guy's explosive power. He's got explosive movements. No, he's very quick. He's very calculated. He's smart. He's not going to he's not going to make a decision without thinking that what the next anticipation of the fighter could do. And that's what makes him so good, right? He fights from a distance really well. But as you said, Chantel, I was very surprised with how well he fought in the pocket against uh, Figueroa. I wasn't expecting that from Cool Boy Steph. I was expecting him to find a way to get out of the pocket, right, and to continue to control the distance. But he wasn't afraid to mix it up. And I thought he adapted very well while he was in the pocket. So that goes to show me that as a fighter, he grew. Right in there in the ring, because every round, you know, Brandon Figueroa was coming at you every single round and he's throwing volume and he's throwing heavy shots, however he can hit you. And it's just like, he's like, it's like, bro, like, give me time to breathe. Right. And I think when you look at it like that, I think that's what Roman is going to have to do a little bit. Right. You're going to have to stick to him like glue. Don't allow him to love you to sleep as he is trying to control it. Right? I think you're going to have to go in there and use volume, use range, and you be the aggressor right? rather than allowing cool boy Steph to dictate the pace, the rhythm, the cadence of the whole fight because if you allow him to do that, you're going to get jabbed, you're going to get countered. He is going to impose his will rather than you taking the risk to figure it out. But I don't think Roman gets as much uh, appreciation for his skill set that he has. I think he's a good puncher. I think he has good pop to it may not knock everybody out, but when you hear him, like you can could, you could hear the fight, you can hear the punches, right? Um, I think in the beginning, he's a bit of a slow starter to me from the last couple of fights that I've seen. Um, Something is a little bit different with him, but I think sometimes we're afraid to let the hands go when we know we're fighting a technician you know, because we're fear of not to get countered or not to get outboxed. But in this position, you know, he has very good reflexes. I think he has to use his feints a lot. I think he has to find a way to get inside of the pocket to get away from Cool Boy Steph's jab so he can start to go in and hit the body and really start to chop him down as the rounds go on. But I think if he doesn't impose that will early, Cool Boy Steph is going to get more confident and more confident and more fluid and more rhythmic as the fight goes on. And it's going to be harder to close that gap right? So I think he needs to go in, be aggressive, start hitting the body. Uh, He needs to be able to slip and move, be tactical, cut off the ring because cool boy Steph does all of that very well. And it's all in one motion. And as you said, he's a better boxer than Roman, but that doesn't mean Roman can't be the aggressor, right? And I think if he is the aggressor and takes the fight to cool boy, I think he has a better chance of winning this one. But, um, I just think Cool Boy Steph is gonna determine that rhythm in the first couple rounds. If 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 Roman doesn't want to take it to him, Cool Boy Steph's gonna say, okay, cool. Every round I'm gonna make it harder for you to close the distance and close the gap. Let's fight my way. And I think that's what Cool Boy Steph is going to do. But point blank would love to know what are your thoughts? How do you have it going? Who do you have winning this one? Chantel, we have a rematch with Nonito Donaire and uh Neoa. In a way, too. What are your thoughts on this one, Chantel? The first fight, man, they were going at it. That was a great fight. But what are your thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, this is the dub-
1: for the WBC, WBA,
0: IBF world bad and weight titles. You talked about that first fight. Like when I think about all the fights I've ever seen, that's like top twenty easy. Like this one was like it was like two gladiators boxing each other and it was it was probably one of the best fights that i've ever seen so i Mm place it on like my top 20 list to be quite honest with you i love the first fight so the fact that we're getting the second one after a few years removed i am definitely hyped for it um you talked about in a way right he's undefeated in that first fight, it was really, really close, but in a way won by unanimous decision. Went to the cards, he won by unanimous decision. I thought he really showed off his toughness, and he also took some very, very big shots in that fight. He won this fight with like a broken or- orbital, if I remember.
1: Beast. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't remember if it w- was, it a head clash or did, or or, or did he? Remember
0: just... he had the hu- huge cut? I, but yeah, he I, had I'd, a
1: dash, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I didn't know it was a broken orbital orbital until after the fight. But the fact that he won this fight by unanimous yeah. decision with the broken orbital, like shows you how tough he is. He made a lot of adjustments in that fight. I think he learned from the first fight, not to be overly aggressive. He's a great body puncher. He throws nasty combos. He has power. Both of these guys have really high IQs, man, and they both have um, power. Um, He's got, a really, really nice jab as well. And we all know that Inoue has this vicious left hook. His left hook is, like, beautiful. It's going to knock out anybody. But, um, you know, I think in this division right now, no doubt about it, Inoue is the best in this division. And he's on a lot of pound-for-pound pound lists. He's on my pound-for-pound pound list. But if Inoue wasn't number one in this division, Donaire would be number one in this division, okay? Don't sleep on this guy. He's been boxing for quite some time now. He has a really high IQ as well. He's very skilled. He has power as well, just as much as power is in a way, in my opinion. Of course, everyone's talking about his age. I think he's almost 40. I think he's like 39 right now. But to me, I don't think that father time has caught up to him, like based on the fights that I've seen. I thought he looked really sharp. I thought, you know if anything, he's one of the hardest hitting guys in this division. He still has really good speed. He still has really good technique. He still has a nasty right hand and he has like those lead hand hooks to the liver. Like crazy. He's a great body puncher, right? He does it with power too. Yeah. And he has the size advantage over in a way I was watching this interview and he was like, yeah, if Inoue thinks he's gonna get like, the same same fight that he got last time, there's no way. And I was like, oh man, this Ooh, is gonna be so talk, good,
1: talk heavy right? Donair.
0: Because like we saw Inoue make adjustments in that first fight, but like Donaire, the thing about him is he has so much experience, and I think it's so hard. It was like actually hard for me to pick this fight because at the same time, like I know how good Inoue is, but I think Donaire always has a chance because he's that good. And I just don't sleep on him because he has the experience. We've seen him do it before. I know he has like six losses on his record, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, he's got to have an O. Like, he, he's been in the ring with some elite boxers. And I mean, I'm I'm going to take Inoue to win again by decision, but I would sprinkle a little bit on Donaire because it's, like it, 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 to me, is a 50-50 fight. To be quite honest with you, it's really a 50 50 fight because that's how good these guys are. Both of them are very skilled. Both of them have a lot of power. The work rates are going to be high. This is going to be an absolute we're going to see big shots from both these guys. And it's going to be really interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see the adjustments that in a way makes after this. Right. Because he's been knocking out dudes. Like in all of his mm-hmm. fights, he's been knocking out everybody. And I'm not going to lie. I cannot wait to see his left hook, but Donaire has a chin on him and he's going to take it like a G. So like, I am looking forward to this fight. I have Inoue winning by unanimous decision. He's number one in this division, but number two right behind him is Donair. And despite the age, like he still, he still has it. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on this bout?
1: couple of things you said, Chantel, uh, I completely agree with. He is a well-seasoned fighter uh, in 48 fights. He's lost six times. And like you, I'm not a person that gets too hung up on losses because even when you go back and look at some of our favorite fighters, they have losses on their record. Yeah. It says more about a fighter what you do after the loss. How do you get back up? Do you still think that you can be a champion? Are you still confident? Do you still believe that you can win? Is the pull to be great still in you? And Donaire, it is because he's still here and we saw yeah he's coming up on 40 years old but we also saw Irislandi lara what he did to gary o'sullivan he looks like he is 20 27 he looks better now than he did a couple of years ago right so how you handle your body over the years even if you lose a little bit of speed even if you lose a little bit of agility your ring IQ and your patience and your decision-making and your precision gets a little bit better because you know what to do. You're not trying to force it, right? Nonaire is a strong fighter, good puncher, patient, quick. What I like about him, right, he's great stool set, but what I like about him is the fact that he is not afraid to go to the body. And sometimes you head hunt so much right? You forget that if you chop down the body, the hands will fall. Sometimes fighters get away from the body and they just try to knock their opponents out. But he's one of those people who I think his upper body movement and his lower body movement, right? They are synchronizing as well. And I think his footwork isn't appreciated as much as well too, because he knows how to slip and move and get out of trouble if he needs to. Um, Now, if it was any other fighter, Chantel, I would say, man, Donaire, oh, it's easy work. He's a big puncher. He's smart. He's well-seasoned. He knows what to do. But he's fighting against someone who is as good in every single category that Donaire is, but a little bit better because he is quicker. He's more agile. He's, his footwork is a little bit better. And he's got a 10-year gap. And it's hard when you think about it that way, when someone who is at the height of his career in his top prime against someone who is still at that high level, but he's on the outskirts, maybe in, a, maybe in three years or so. We know Donaire is a big puncher. We know he's quick. We know he's sharp. But what I like about him um, is the fact that he can beat you in any way. Whether you want to slug, cool. That's what he likes to do. But if you wanna be a little tactical, you wanna go from afar, eventually I'm gonna close the gap on you. And I'm not gonna neglect that body. I'm gonna use this left hand and I'm gonna touch up the liver a little bit. Okay, you wanna run a little bit? I'm gonna come and chase you down. I'm gonna switch the angles. I'm gonna control the ring. Yeah, you might be bigger than me, which I think Donaire is, but I know how to use my size in the ring for me when you're going right i'm just gonna take a little step right cut left and i'm gonna meet you where you want to go and i'm gonna follow that with a nice right hand or left hand his reflexes are really well he's a good counter puncher he's smart quick hands he's a good fighter man i'm not gonna lie, until when i first started hearing about in and i started seeing him fights i didn't really feel like he was the real deal i'm just like ah you know he's just knocking people out he's a good puncher lucky shots but as i kept watching him he's gotten better and his game has evolved. I don't know who's going on with his staff, what they're doing, but the man looks quicker and sharper and a bigger yeah. puncher every time that he gets inside the ring, right? And I like the fact when he had a little bit of adversity the first time. Yeah, he fought with the orbital and then he had the clash on his head, but we saw that as well too with Better Bev, right? When he had the when his eye, when he had the head clash and the blood was gushing down, it made him a better fighter. It made him lock in and dial in a lot more right? And I think, um, in a way, he fights better when his back is against the wall. Now, there are moments when he does slip. He does get hit, right? Defensively, he can always improve there, but he does get hit, but he's strong. He's tough. And I think in this, Chantel, I think think youth is going to play a factor. Um, I just think, in a way, he's just a bit quicker, a bigger puncher, and just does everything a little sharper and cleaner than Donaire does. But I'm not... I don't think it's going to be by decision, Chantel, this time. I think it's going to be a body shot to the liver, left hand, lower body. And I think it's going to be in the 10th or 11th round. I think it's going to be in the championship round because when we watched the fight last time, that's when they both kind of slowed down a little bit, but then the 11th round it picked up. So I think it is going to be a liver shot that puts Donaire down and in a way is going to continue his reign. Um, but, you know, like you, uh, uh, you know, I I could sprinkle a little bit the other way as well, too. But I think I think it's going to be a knockout. But uh, Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. How do you have this rematch going? Who do you have winning? And how do you think it unfolds? Let us know in the YouTube comments below. But Shantel, before we get out of here, you know, there's a there's a lot of things in life that can take a person out. And when I say take a person out, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about mentally, because you mentally take yourself out first, and then you physical body will follow. Um, there's a lot of things to tell that we actually can cause harm to ourselves um, when we always expect things to not go in our favor, it can be destructive. It can be a little bit toxic, right? What are some ways that has helped you combat, you know, negative thoughts or uh, a negative mindset when you feel yourself going down a destructive cycle?
0: Um, man, I gotta be completely honest. I think everyone kind of has those thoughts a little bit when you can be a little bit too negative uh, on some situations, depending on how things have gone in a particular situation, something that you're striving for, some goals that you want to reach. That's never going to be a smooth road. There's always going to be some major bumps in it. And I think sometimes when you hit those bumps a little bit too much one after another, you know, you start to lose a little bit of faith sometimes or hope, but I think it's just the reminder of what you want to accomplish, or goals that you have maybe set, I think just remind yourself of it. I think sometimes when we're so focused on things, we forget why we want to do things, or why we love to do things, or why things make us happy. And I think just having that reminder for yourself kind of puts you back into a perspective where you can appreciate things a little bit more, and know that the journey is always going to be a little bit more beautiful, because it is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. and nothing's ever going to come to you easy. And I think if you remember that, it kind of, you know, it will uplift you a little bit because I think it's always a good reminder to remind yourself that things aren't going to be easy and you can kind of get into a negative space, but just remind yourself on why you love those things, why you appreciate your things and remind yourself of the goal and why you're doing it. And if you still have a love and appreciation for it, then keep on continuing on with it. But I mean, that that's probably how I kind of deal with that. If I ever do get into a space where it's a little bit too negative, I remind myself of the positives of why I want to do things. What about you, Akeem?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think it's important to embrace it, right? Because I think a lot of times we think we are, you know, we have to be perfect 24-7. We have to get it right 24-7. But whatever you suppress comes back in different ways. And if you face how you feel, with the root of it, and take time to sit with it, right? If you can figure out why you feel that way, then you can figure out a way how to help the next time that you may feel that way, right? So even though those mindset does come, I think by nature as human beings, you know, we wake up neutral, right? We don't, we, don't, we don't feel good. We don't feel great. But depending on our circumstance and our situation, it determines how we actually feel. But the mind is at zero. It doesn't know until we tell it how to feel, right? So I think in that specific category, it's like, man, uh, whatever we think, you're right whatever you don't think, like you're right, you know, and if we put too much thoughts into the environment and the situation around us, then we can always find a way to think negatively or to become toxic. It's easy to do that, right? It's a lot harder to be positive and to, to, to speak life into things than it is to be uh, negative. It's a lot easier to be negative about a situation, but being positive when it's not ideal or when it doesn't sound good, that, that requires work. And fighting these thoughts and these emotions, it requires work. And so we have to choose to work with these things as we are flawed human beings. But every single day is a choice that you get to make that despite what you may be facing and going through, that you can choose to look upwards and not think that you have to stay downwards and be in the same position uh, that you believe that you are. So that's what I would say. Uh, That's what helps me. I don't try and, you know, I don't, if it's not a great day, I'm not going to say, oh, man, it's a fantastic day. When it when it hasn't, you're lying to yourself. Like, I get what you're trying to do, but embrace the situation of what it is and switch it from, man, you know, it's been a tough day, but what do I have to be grateful and thankful for today? How can I find the good in the midst of the chaos? And usually it's something that comes from within and speaks to us externally. So that's what I would say, Chantel, um, before we go again as well, too, we are literally what 11 subscribers away from 200 on our YouTube channel and you know that's a whole crazy journey by itself and I always like to go back to what you always say you know I didn't even think we're gonna have five subscribers right because I just think it's hilarious right but I I didn't
0: I I didn't think we'd have well I didn't think we'd have 10 but yes (laughs) I thought we'd get five for sure like five of our closest family and friends we could easily do that
1: that's right you did you did say i know my sisters are yeah. gonna be able to survive but you know it's uh just want to say we appreciate everybody that takes the time to tune in to share your thoughts you know whether you watch for a second or two seconds but we hope that you watch the whole video and we hope that you subscribe right but you know we we <laughs> we we, we, <laughs> we do this because one we actually enjoy it but we actually also enjoy hearing each and every single person that watches your opinions on the fight, we can all have our respected opinions as we break down things that we enjoy, right? That's how we continue pushing the sport forward, pushing life forward if we listen to where uh, perspectives are coming from. But just a quick thank you and appreciation, uh, loving guidance to everybody who continues to tune in. We appreciate it. And 200 uh, is coming up quick and uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to think of something to do for that. But don't forget to subscribe to the show um, and be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you can leave rating and review on podcast platforms. So with that being said, said, I am Akeem Haynes.
0: I'm Hal Chen. And this is Point Blank.
1: And we'll see you next time.